0: brother set out on a lifelong quest to brew some root beer and discuss all the controversial topics that plague the root beer community we're talking root beer radio Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. My name is Dave. And I'm Matt. And we
1: are... Root Beer Radio. Man, it's been a long time. It has been. (laughs) Yeah. Things got a little crazy. Yeah. And uh, things were finally slowing down for both of us. Yeah, that's true. What were you up to? Uh, Harvest season at the winery. Yeah. So a lot of 16-hour shifts and not a whole lot of spare time of my own, but it's over with. Driving a tractor through the night to make sure. Yeah, it's been loads of fun. So, well, I just uh, started up school again,
0: uh, teaching teaching band in Albany, Minnesota, and yeah, it gets busy. Yeah, but it's been good. Yeah, but we're back now. We're back. (laughs) Oh, and Callie, uh, my dog has joined us. And Callie, yeah. She looks like a bread loaf. She is a loaf of bread <laughs> <laughs> that sheds a lot. All right. Well, as promised, we are back with a an episode about containers. Yes, we are. There are so many containers in the Ripier world. Like,
1: what do we have? We've got uh, clear bottles, mm-hmm. glass,
0: clear glass bottles,
1: brown glass. I've I don't know if I've seen green glass. Yes, there are. There's green, a couple. So there's green glass mm-hmm. out there. There's aluminum mm-hmm. or aluminium for our <laughs> UK listeners. I don't know that we got any, but uh, there's uh, plastic. Oh wait, no, we do have.
0: We have uh, Jake Meyer lives in Scotland right now. Hey, Jake, what's oh, up? Hey, <laughs> trying root beers
1: over in Scotland for us. Yeah, and then you know you can get in growlers, you can get it in kegs. So there, there's all sorts of different things, and. It can make a difference on your tasting experience. Yeah. So now buyer beware. Is it a real like real difference
0: or or is it a perceived difference inside your head? It could be both. Oh <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that today. But first, we uh, in the last episode we asked you to take a poll on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash radio. Um, the question was what is your favorite container for enjoying root beer? Uh, and all of the answers we had, eighty-six point seven percent people said a brown glass bottle, uh, and thirteen point three percent said a clear glass bottle. Now we had zero votes for a twenty-ounce plastic bottle, a two-liter plastic bottle, and aluminum can. So I'm proud of you, <laughs> proud of you listeners. That was good. Now notice we did we left something off. Yeah, there's nothing on tap. Nothing on tap. We left off. Rip here on tap. Because as most of us know, that might be the most delicious way to enjoy root beer. Yeah. Um and and that brings up I think one of our one of our favorite root beers here at Rip Beer Radio. My favorite, I think. And a Minnesota native. Nineteen nineteen on tap. Nineteen nineteen. Now the funny thing about nineteen nineteen is that
1: you you can't just get it anywhere. Right. It's, it's only on tap. It's only on tap. So unless you're picking up like a, a pony keg from the grocery store, mm-hmm. which Cub is a Foods. way to get it on tap. Yep. Uh,
0: yeah, that's a, that's a kind of on tap, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've never purchased one. I have. <laughs> a, couple, a couple times. <laughs> I don't doubt that. <laughs> I drank the
0: whole thing myself.
1: <laughs> you have a problem.
0: Yes. So you can buy a pony keg from Cub Foods if you'd like. They're actually... <laughs> I wanna say they're nineteen nineteen, like nineteen dollars ninety cents. But I think they're nineteen ninety nine. Oh. I know. I think they missed made. opportunity. I know. Well, maybe they hit it. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. So they you can buy a pony keg, you can buy a regular keg from a liquor store or um anywhere, I guess. Or some places, like there's this place called the Pizza Factory in Monticello, Minnesota where I live, and they sell nineteen nineteen on tap. But you can come in or dine in and you can buy 1919 in a plastic quart size bottle. So I did, <laughs> I, did, I bought a couple of quarts. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um and then some places have them in uh in gallon size, I believe, which is crazy. And then you can also get uh Oh yeah, there it is. So you can buy it in half gallons, gallons, or half-gallon glass growlers, which would be awesome to display in the kitchen, you know? Just like going to a brewery. And that's weird because it is a brewery, right? It's Shell's Brewing Company. Oh, Shell's makes it. I didn't know that one. down in New Ulm, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, the mecca of (laughs) root beer. So uh, what's the best way to drink root beer on tap? Clearly in a frosted mug. Clearly in a frosted mug. Of all the research we've done, in the past months, we've taken months to make this episode. Right. So clearly, we've done months of research.
1: Everywhere we see, we look, frosted mug. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I don't know if I've ever seen 1919 or any other root beer that wasn't like A and W or Mug or whatever mm-hmm. in anything but a frosted mug. If I order it at a restaurant. Yeah. Well, even A and W. If you go to the rest like the sto the restaurant A and W. They have frosted mugs that you like. They serve the root beer in. Yeah. Cause but, they, <laughs> but if you just go into any regular restaurant and order a root beer, it's going to come in a standard glass, yeah, unless it's a place that makes a, uh, a deal about actually serving it. People correctly. That know, People that know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh,
0: just you, when you said that, I just I nightmares mug on the gun just came flashed through my head. <laughs> just the worst words I can hear. Uh, so, anyways, yes. So, before we discuss all these these containers, we just need to say that, above all else, frosted mug is the way to go.
1: 100%. Absolutely. Whether you're buying it in a can or in a bottle, plastic, glass, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you have that frosted mug, we highly recommend that's the way you serve it to yourself. Yes. Now, root beer and frosted
0: mugs is very similar to... Um, something that, that caught my eye a little. I saw an article about this glass that's made by Samuel Adams.
1: Yeah. Uh, Supposedly this glass has a specific shape Mm -hmm. to it. That is meant to release a certain amount of CO2 to allow a certain amount of foam on the top of the, on top of the beer, which is going to release more aroma, Mm -hmm. enhance the flavor and then the overall drinking experience. Exactly. Now, There could be a lot of science to that, sure. But I'm gonna call, you know, I'm gonna call a little bit of. Oh, (laughs) we might have to bleep that out. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna. But uh, but Matt
0: Matt, I. What about? So I'm looking at this diagram of it right now. What about the uh, laser etchings on the bottom that create bubbles for constant aroma release?
1: um, There's actually like. I, I, I understand that one a little bit okay. um,
0: Cause because I don't, uh, the, I don't
1: understand that at all. So the CO2 uh, can get knocked out of solution when it hits a rough surface. Uh-huh. And when you laser etch something into the bottom of the glass, it provides that rough surface for the bubbles to kind of it's like a nucleation site where the gas bubbles will hit and then they'll disperse from there. OK. I had an experience with this. Yeah. Uh, with the wine I was making for my own personal use at the winery. And I put wine with yeast into a bottle that had a sealable top and I absentmindedly sealed it. Now there was also a couple actual berries, uh, grape berries still in that made it to that bottle. Okay. So I sealed it and realized my mistake. And so I eventually took up, came back and saw it, and I opened, popped the top off. And that berry created enough nucleation sites for it to shoot wine 50 feet. Uh, it took forever <laughs> to clean it up. I lost about 750 milliliters of wine. Uh, and it was only a one-liter bottle. <laughs> so I lost nearly everything. But So you basically created a bomb. Yeah, it was pretty much a bomb. <laughs> and that's a, a tale of warning for everybody else who's making root beer at home with natural yeast or or making beer or wine yeah. or anything if you seal that container you got to watch it because it's going to be a glass bomb
0: absolutely and that's why you set a timer on your phone for two days from now at the exact time we sealed those bottles because we made a, a blonde root beer blend which you, some of you maybe saw a picture on our social media accounts on instagram and facebook
1: but we use yeast to carbonate this time yeah I put in a baker's yeast because I don't want it to get too aggressive. It will still release CO2 like I want it to. It's not going to produce too much alcohol, a very minimal amount for what we're doing anyway. Mm -hmm. And, well, I want it to release some CO2, but I don't want it to go crazy without me watching it. And, and, well, if I let it go too long, well, yeah, it's going to turn into a glass bomb anyway. But what I'm going to do after two days here is I'm going to test one of the bottles. See so what the CO2 is like. Sure. And then I'm going to chuck, as long as it's good, I'm going to chuck all those bottles into the fridge. Okay. And chill it down and they make the yeast inactive. Smart. Now, if those bottles warm up again, well, these will come out of dormancy and it'll start chewing on the sugar again. So, it'll get even more carbonated and eventually possibly explode. Forget about waking up a bear. Don't wake up the yeast. <laughs> Don't wake up the yeast. So, if, if when you're doing a natural fermentation to carbonate your... Uh, rip beer. You need to be mindful of that, that once it goes into the fridge, it only comes out to drink. So Okay. Well that's good advice. Yeah. Okay, so back to the Sam Adams glass.
0: Um what this there's a there's a bead inside the rim that creates turbulence to release flavor and aroma as the beer enters the mouth.
1: I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> not at all. Uh, and, you know, people have been drinking uh, everything out of every different style of container oh, sure. since the dawn of time. Sure. And wine glasses have their shape for one reason or another. Uh, stemmed wine glasses are meant so that you don't warm up your glass with your hand. Yeah. So you're not holding the actual vessel that's containing okay. the liquid. But, you know... Stemless uh, wine glasses, like the one we ones we have right here. Mm-hmm. Well, those are coming into style because people kind of tend to chug their wine anyway. Yeah, so, and they're not. Or maybe not. I mean, they're a little bit more sturdy.
0: Yeah. Sitting. In, listen to that. I'm setting it down.
1: A little okay. less scary to handle. So.
0: So. That brings up a good point. We do have these wine glasses in front of us. We also have these glasses similar to the Sam Adams glass, the same shape, overall shape. Um, it doesn't have the etching in the bottom and there is kind of a little bead on the inside of the rim. Hmm. Yeah. So well, we'll see. (laughs) Now we have been using these glasses today as we test our, I've been using this glass today as we've tested our original blonde rep beer brew. Um, well, we're going to try these these two kinds of glasses as well as a frosted mug later on in this episode. So, we talked about our glasses. Let's talk about our bottles. So, we how, what do we have for
1: for rip your bottles uh, with us here today? With us here today. So we should have a clear bottle. Uh-huh. We should have a um, clear and brown. Yes. And then plastic and brown, if I'm yes. correct on that so one. I think, Yes, you're correct. We of of ha- the same root beers. We so. have a frosty root beer mm-hmm.
0: in a brown bottle. We also have a frosty root beer in a clear bottle. Everything seems the same. All of the ingredients
1: are seemingly exactly the same. And I would imagine that they are. Right. I mean, why reinvent the wheel just to match the bottle? Exactly. So we're assuming they're the same root beer.
0: We're going to try them both and see if they taste any different. We, reach, we reached out to them um, via their social media, media accounts, did not hear back, uh, wondering why there were the different colored glasses, if there was a difference in the root beer or anything.
1: Um, but we're going to f- try to figure that out. Uh, it could just be. It, it could just be a cost thing. Uh, when we order bottles at the winery, uh, everything comes down to cost. Uh, it might not seem like a big deal to your average consumer, mm-hmm. but if you're buying a bottle of soda at what's effectively like a dollar to a bottle, mm-hmm. well, the, the actual glass in that could be as much as 28 cents yeah, or up to 40 something cents. Mm-hmm. depends on the volume of glass being purchased. So if it's, and for a company that's churning out thousands upon thousands mm-hmm. upon thousands of bottles, a few pennies here or there add up really, really, really quick. Right, it right. could be what makes or breaks you know, profit. Mm-hmm. So if a clear bottle is cheaper this time of the year or this supplier has clear bottles available at a lower price, well, they're going to go with it. Absolutely. Well, from smaller companies definitely mm-hmm. would. So, Yeah. And it
0: could be, you know, what are consumers... Buying. Are they buying root beer in brown bottles or clear bottles? And that could have also, maybe if they made it the same price, who knows? Yeah, well, and that, that, could,
1: that could be the same thing as well. And it could also, uh, the type of container can also dictate what the uh, retail location would want. Yep. Uh, what, what's the root beer called again? Frost top root beer. That, that's the one we have in both plastic yes. and? And glass. We have and glass. plastic
0: and glass. We we've got a lot to talk about with frost top. Um, we'll get to that. Patience. Okay. Patience. Patience. All right. We're gonna try both the frosty root beer in the brown bottle, brown glass bottle, and the frosty root beer in the clear glass bottle. All right. Let's open them up. Brown glass bottle. Let's get a little stuck. There we go. Beautiful. Pouring into the wine glass. And now into the Sam Adams glass. Okay. And again, the wine. Once more. Sam Adams glass. Alright. Alright, so again, this is Frosty in the brown glass bottle. Let's see. Wine glass first. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Right, so now I now that I've had it, I think I've got a pretty good idea of what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember this. I should've poured this in though. <laughs> All into one glass. I know. Hey, do you have more of these glasses? Not the small ones, but one sec. Okay.
0: All right, so we poured the brown glass bottled root beer into one glass, and now we're pouring the clear glass bottled root beer into another glass. We're going to go back to back. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Brown glass first. Try it. Okay. Is there a difference clear glass?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think I noticed the difference too. It's uh one sec. <laughs> this I didn't I didn't think this is this. The clear glass to me seemed like they have like almost a more pronounced flavor profile. I don't know what you're getting. I, it, it could be con- entirely in our heads. It but. could be. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I think, though, that the brown glass bottle was a little bit frothier.
1: Yeah, I think I noticed that too. The that had a little bit more CO2 released. Now, Mm -hmm. I have no idea why that is.
0: (laughs) It could just be the bottle or it could be the batch.
1: Yeah, it could be a batch to batch issue, which is understandable. Mm
0: -hmm. But especially if you make root beer in small batches.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Huh. Well, and that maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe it's not the container that changed the flavor, it could just be. The batch, batch to
1: batch, yeah, and then that's that's what I'd probably more likely chalk it up to, because the issue of clear versus brown mm-hmm. glass has a lot to do with the amount of white that's let in. Sure, uh, a brown bottle is obviously going to block more sunlight, mm-hmm. and that if you keep your any beverage in direct sunlight, well, it can that sunlight can break down a few things inside. Uh, The bottle, which can lead to off flavors or just flat out ruin your your drink, Mm -hmm. Uh, you you see this with wine, you see this with beer, and clearly, you can probably see this with soda. Sure, Um, probably not to the same extent, but perhaps you could. Yeah. Hmm. So,
0: the so we've been people have been using brown glass for forever, right? I mean, for a long, long, long time. Because it blocks out the sunlight, the UV rays, right?
1: And that could be a reason, but I think probably more has to do with the fact that it might have been just cheaper for brown in sure. the first place. Uh, I'm not sure that they add any color mm-hmm. to the glass, and it might actually take a more refined process to make it clear. Hmm. But oddly, the the brown might have been the way to go from the from the get go. Sure, okay. So
0: they also started using green bottles uh post World War Two when there was a shortage of brown glass.
1: Yeah. Which which is the uh which might almost completely counteract my point that I had just made. Well, you that, know but, but that's but that itself is fascinating. It is. maybe maybe brown was cheaper, but
0: it just wasn't available. Yeah. It's uh be an interesting subject to look a but little that, deeper into. That was also different times when maybe glass was different then. We know yeah. that, right? With window panes. Yeah. You know, the old glass, you can see
1: it as it gets thicker at the bottom. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's kind of almost like a like a semi liquid. Mm-hmm. And or semi solid is the I think the the correct terminology yeah. for that. If someone if someone actually does know
0: was the glass difference, the glass bottles were they different than they are now? Is there a chemical difference? Please, please, please send us an email. Tell us. Uh, this it's rip radio at gmail dot com, please. Yeah, for no other reason than just to satisfy your curio- yeah. curiosity. Help us. So. Okay, so we've got our frosty rip beer. We did taste a difference, but we cannot we cannot decide if that was because
1: if, it could be because of the batch. It could be, yeah, and that's what I would that that's what I would guess it is. Sure. Because it's not like it's not often that bottles of root beer are going to be sitting in direct sunlight in a grocery store anytime soon. Most of them don't really even have windows. Right. So, man. All right. Well,
0: we've got that. I guess we we tried that. (laughs) I don't know that we have a clear answer for it, but. Yeah, we've done that. (laughs) So what do we have next? Plastic versus glass. Let's do that. Plastic uh, versus glass. So we have the Fago Fago ripier, which you, which can be found. You can find the glass bottles are a little bit harder to find, um, but their plastic bottles can be found in all Quick Trips across the Midwest. Quick Trip gr- gas station. I did not know that. Oh yeah, I should start looking for oh, those. Oh yeah. So um, while you go and grab that, I I'm going to talk about how I noticed, and I actually reached out to Fago a long time ago, and I never heard back. So if you're listening, Fago, please, please hit me back. Um, but I noticed between their glass bottle root beer and their plastic bottle root beer, there is an ingredient change, particularly in the sweetener that they use. In the glass bottle, they use, I'm going to look at it, cane sugar. It's all cane sugar. Natural cane sugar, right? To uh, to sweeten their root beer. Now, in the plastic bottle, it's a 24-ounce, big 24-ounce bottle, they use high-fructose corn syrup. They, they do not use cane sugar. And there's a lot of root beer enthusiasts out there that are all against high-fructose corn syrup. I am, just because of the health benefits I mean, you know, sugar, sugar, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. I think cane sugar tastes better. Exactly. That's, uh, that's my,
1: that's my perception of it yes. as well.
0: So we will, uh, in our root beer radio root beers, we will not use corn syrup. Then that is a promise on our campaign trail. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see, I I, I mean I assume they're going to taste different just because they use different ingredients, right?
1: Absolutely. but it's not going to be because of the bottle, you know? Yeah, I, I would I would imagine that if there is any perceptible difference, it's going to be definitely based off the, the sugar that's used. The one thing that interests me here is that plastic can breathe. It is okay. not a perfect um, airtight container you can pressurize it and it will hold CO2 and everything else for a long time, but oxygen and other gases can move through uh, certain plastics. Uh, whether that is, whether these beverage containers are the type of plastic that may not allow uh, gases to pass through. I'm not entirely certain on that, but I have noticed that, and I have more confirmation from this from work, that if you're making wine or cider or beer in plastic containers, mm-hmm. you can run into an oxidation issue over time, where oxygen will move through the container and bind up to your flavor and aroma compounds and your color compounds on the inside, and will discolor your your uh, your beverage and will kind of ruin the flavor and aroma.
0: Hmm.
1: And if you're really unlucky over time, well, you might have a different product altogether. Sure. So wow.
0: so so plastic can alter the flavor it as can. well as other things.
1: Yep. And uh, in my uh, research here, I found an article uh, in popular science uh, by Doug Cantor. This is from 2009. So it's a little old, okay? but in this article it discusses why uh, many people... I think that Coca-Cola tastes different in a glass bottle versus can or plastic. Sure. And according to Coca-Cola, uh, there is no difference. But, uh, and I think they're insisting on that because it's the same formula going in, regardless of whether it's an aluminum can sure. or... They do use the same. It is, it is exactly the same thing. However, according to Sarah Risch, a, she's a food chemist from the Institute of Food Technologists, uh, she identifies that uh, while packaging uh, companies uh, well companies packaging food and mm-hmm. beverages mm-hmm. Uh, try to prevent any interactions with the product and the container uh, they can occur uh, for example the polymer that lines uh, aluminum cans can absorb small, small amounts of the, of the flavors and on the other side Acetaldehyde, which is in a lot of plastics, mm-hmm. uh, might migrate into the soda. Now, all this is a highly regulated. All this stuff is very highly regulated, so there's only certain allowable amounts that the sure. FDA will, you know, will permit. But even those small amounts can have an impact on flavor, at least according to uh, this food chemist. And uh-huh. I think I've noticed that myself. That sure. you know. You have a Coke in an aluminum can tastes mm-hmm. very different, mm-hmm. at least to me, than a Coke in a plastic bottle. Oh yeah. I think your Diet Coke enthusiast would tell you this. Yeah. I That's, I would I would fully believe that. Isn't it supposed to taste the best at McDonald's? Yeah. yeah. And I have I have many theories on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's for our Diet Coke pot- podcast. Yeah. We don't
0: have one of those. <laughs> that was a joke. All right. But yeah. Well, should we dig in? We shall. All right. So Which one is, do you want to do first? Should, well, should we try them both back to the side oh, to side? We should. Let's do side to side. All right. That, oh, that was, was a good That was a good, was a good sound. Good that was a good one. And I've never had Fago rip beer in a glass bottle before, so this is right. exciting to me. So it's going to go into the
1: wine glass. Uh-huh. Ooh. Decent amount of foam.
0: Yeah, but it's the kind that just, it's like a it dispu- two-second foam. It just yeah, disappears. Yeah, it disappears pretty quick. It's not, not, there's no head on it. I've heard good things, so. And the plastic. Classic plastic sound, you know? Yeah, exactly. Longer released, more controlled. It's
1: a little bit more frothy, actually. It is staying around for a little bit longer. (laughs) That's it. All right, side by side, what do they smell like?
0: different smelling did you taste it oh, i'm
1: behind in the ball for me there's a very noticeable difference
0: oh hands down those are two different rip beers
1: yeah the uh The uh, glass bottle one, the one with cane sugar, tastes to me very much, very crisp, very clean. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, corn syrup uh, syrup one has a more of a prolonged flavor, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Hmm. One sec. One more taste. It's more mellowed out, and it—I can definitely tell that there's that the wintergreen flavor is a little bit more prominent at the, on the finish than it is on the on the cane sugar one. Huh. At least for me. Yeah. And the the foam retention—I I think I understand it uh, a little bit more on on why the high fructose corn syrup one retained it better. And I think that might have to do with the viscosity of the syrup used.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The cane sugar—it's a very—I mean, it—it's it, what it is. It's cane sugar, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's a crystal form when they are—they're adding it. And while it might turn into a when it dissolves into solution, it becomes kind of you know, obviously it becomes liquid. Yeah but for this it's i'm sure there's other ingredients in the corn in the corn syrup that mm-hmm. might build body and help hold on to that oh, sure. uh co2 so that's my 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 theory it's a little rambling but well no there it
0: is. It, <laughs> you can tell the glass bottle with cane sugar it tastes like a craft soda it it mm-hmm. tastes good i just the plastic bottle with the corn syrup—it just tastes like a big box rip beer. Like it's not something that that makes me want to drink it again. You know, exactly. I just can't do it. But I don't know. Do you know? Do you, <laughs> have you heard? Um, you know much about Faygo rip, or Fago soda or rip beer? No. In fact, I think this is the first time I've tried it. Well, um, supposedly, uh, the insane clown
1: posse. <laughs> I <laughs> nearly spit up on the microphone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just at the mention of Insane Clown Posse, ICP, as they're also commonly known as, um, and their followers, their fans, uh, Juggalos, is their their, their name. Uh, so the Insane Clown Posse and Juggalos, they love Fago It's it's one of their defining characteristics. Um, I
1: mean, like. That is such a weird thing to latch on to as part of your group's identity. Have you have you researched juggalos at all? No. <laughs> I've never really had a need to. You should
0: check that out. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty interesting stuff. It's an, it's a subculture that I think everybody should should really dive into just for if not a few minutes, just like try it. Um so check it out. Insane clown posse juggalos, fego <laughs> Oh my goodness! It is amazing. <laughs> All right, so obvious difference between those two rupiers, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Um, and the cane sugar is much better. I mean, you can, I can even taste in the aftertaste. You can taste the cane sugar.
1: Yeah, I would. I would. I would agree with that. The yeah, the cane sugar root beer just tastes a lot cleaner. A lot mm-hmm. has a nice crisp mm-hmm. quality to it, whereas the Corn syrup one has kind of a more of a mellow profile and ugh. it's kind of just dragged out. Yeah, I just it, it's like a, it's like it's almost intended to like coat your tongue oh, and ooh. Ugh, it's yeah. it's it's a little much. Yeah, if anybody's so.
0: listening out there, please don't get me any fago for Christmas, <laughs> please. <laughs> Unless it's in a glass bottle, I'll take it. All right, so our next our last trip here that we're gonna try tonight um is. It's frost top root beer. Yeah, and I. So when we were when we were young, growing up in Saint Cloud, Minnesota, um, I would often stop by the Coburns Centennial, where my sister, your now wife, yep, used to work, and I would pick up, um. S- some frost top root beer. And I and then I you know back then I didn't really have a, an understanding of what. What it was, or what any good ripier was. I just knew I liked ripier. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, young, uninformed. And it wasn't until later that I started to fall in love. But I came back to Frost Top ripier, um last year when my wife Kim and I were walking, um, hiking, actually, hiking at uh, Interstate Park up near. What is that? Oh, Taylor's Falls, Minnesota. Yeah. So we were hiking, and we hiked across the river or something. No, we were on the Minnesota side. So we were hiking, and we came into the town of Taylor's Falls, and we walked, and we happened upon a frost-top drive-in.
1: I, In fact, I just stopped at that drive-in. Yeah. Uh, geez, was that two months ago? Maybe a little bit longer. And? And I got a root beer. And? And it was... I don't remember if it was in a plastic. It was no, a, I think frosted it was, mug. It must have been in a frosted mug. I think. I think that's they have to. You know,
0: my my memory no. of this is clouded. I I may have gotten it in like a paper cup.
1: Yeah, I think mm. I think that's how it was served to me.
0: Well, we'll talk to him. We'll but what it, it's, a it's, it's a drive-in. It's a drive-in. It's a drive-in. I'm not expecting the world. And actually, if you look back on our Instagram account and our Facebook page, you can see I took a, a boomerang of. Of they have the frosted, the or the frost top frosted mug, spinning around outside out the front. It's super cool, super classic. Um, but frost top root beer—that's one way that you can you can get root beer. So um, that you can get that root beer. And there's a couple other ways. Um, you can buy. Okay, actually. So that's one of the ways that you can get it, um, and and frost top actually. Um, allows select craft brewers to brew the original formula uh, under their supervision, so they're only they're allowed to brew it and serve it in their establishments, as long as they have the okay by Frosttop itself. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but then they also they also use um, plastic bottles as well as glass bottles for their rip beer. Matt's going to go grab them. Um, this is very exciting to us. Um, oh goodness what there's glasses clinking. <laughs> I had to find them. Um so we reached we reached out to Frost Top Rupier, um and heard back and we got a lot of phenomenal op, or f- phenomenal information from their marketing team as well as uh their operations vice president Eddie Carmilla. So thank you so much for your help uh, in in this episode and giving us your uh, your information and everything, um, so with frost top we're gonna try our this plastic bottle and it is a one quart bottle. Um, now Eddie helped me out. He told me that this this plastic bottle or in the keg uh, they make it. They 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 make the rip at thirty six degrees. So it's all made at 36 degrees in small batches, in small batches, and then they, then they bottle it. Um, the plastic bottles contain the original recipe from 1926, which is pretty, pretty neat, um, that they're still using the same recipe. Um, and you can find this plastic bottle in all in a lot of ACE hardware and true value stores. That's where I got this one at Ace Hardware in Monticello. Um, They also have their sarsaparilla, uh, birch beer, and their diet root beer there, as well as uh, uh, orange soda, Mm -hmm. orange cream, and uh, what was that?
1: They have a black cherry one? Black
0: cherry, yeah. I think it's the one I saw. Um, So definitely go check them out. Uh, Great price point, great everything, and it's a great root beer. Um, We're going to keep drinking it. Um, But, yeah. So the plastic bottle has the original recipe, and I did. We noticed that before we even contacted them, that it has a different sweetener again, between plastic and glass. Matt, what's the glass one have over there? Glass one has cane sugar. All cane sugar.
1: Yep, all cane sugar.
0: So the original recipe in the plastic bottle uses high fructose corn corn sweetener and pure cane sugar, so they use both. But that's hmm. the original recipe from 1926. Um, so I mean, we'll see, we'll see which one's best.
1: Yeah. So we have our frosted mugs as well. Yes. So I'm gonna pour
0: <sighs> the... Should we, should we start with the original recipe? Sure. Okay, so we're starting with the plastic bottle, original recipe. Um, Eddie, Eddie let us know that over the last uh two years they've started to switch the uh, glass bottles to from the original formula um to using the hundred percent pure cane sugar um I didn't really explain why but i I assume that like i mean there's a big push towards cane sugar all natural cane sugar these days maybe that's maybe that's what the people wanted yeah and why not so
1: That's the core. There we go. Now, do we want this in the frosted mug, or in the glass, or in the wine glasses here?
0: Uh, let's go all,
1: all of them, all the above. Okay, so I'm gonna pour a little bit. It's foaming beautifully. And it retains the foam much better in the frosted mug. How about that? So. Well, that's, that's the point of the frosted mug, man. So.
0: We were right. told that it's brewed at 36 degrees. And it is distributed in trucks at 36 degrees. It's kept at 36 degrees. And it should be enjoyed at 36 degrees in a frosty mug better believe it. All right. So I'm going to try the wine glass, not the frosted mug first.
1: There's a flavor in this that I'm picking up. It's almost like a caramel. What am am I tasting on the finish? It's kind of like a licorice. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like one of those, uh, spice drops that you eat. Exactly. And is it cinnamon?
0: There's some cinnamon. Could I be think. a
1: little bit of cinnamon and a little bit of licorice. That that be might be exactly what I'm tasting. Aniseed or something of that sort. Uh, the frosted mug.
0: Oh, there's a definite difference in taste between mm-hmm. like a regular glass and a frosted mug. Wow.
1: And then it's just like all around, just more satisfying, out oh, of the frosted mug in general. Just mm-hmm. the the container's cold, keeps the beverage cold, and he's got it's got a little weight to it, and it just kind of feels something little little primal, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, but it might also be that the fact that I'm drinking it out of a stemmed wine glass. Then yeah. feels a little silly. Sure. Yeah. Well.
0: Sometimes you want to order your uh, your root beer in well no you want it in a frosted mug <laughs> yeah yeah wow but well, you know I've always enjoyed root beer in a frosted mug always but I've never went back to back same root beer two different containers blows my mind yeah that that was that's hands down better yeah and you you can see in this frosted mug the rings of frozen root beer like the froth. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> Should we try the glass bottle rip the frost shop now?
1: Absolutely. Ooh. Wow. That was uh, hey. that was sharp. Yeah, nice. Sharp open. Let's see what happens.
0: Ooh, a nice froth on that one too.
1: And once again, the the head is still being retained in the frosted mug, mm-hmm. but not so much in the other glass. Oh, I like that much more uh, the, That's crazy. That's that's really that's different. Like that's really different. Yeah, it uh, the difference between the two. It's uh, it's really startling. Yeah. The whoa. I mean, I liked both of them. It's the that that licorice, cinnamon, licorice and cinnamon. I think it's cinnamon. cinnamon, Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more. Don't want to burp in the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) It's a. I can't put my finger on what that flavor is. I like it. I just don't know what I how how to describe it. Hmm. Me either. You it, look you look very puzzled. Well, I'm trying to figure it out too, but
0: it tastes like like those spice drops, right? Yeah. There's one of those I don't know which color it is. No, Matt. The look on his face, people. Yeah. <laughs> As he drank from the frosted mug. Oh, it was, it was so nice. Wow.
1: All I can say is, people, whenever you're having a rough day, chuck a mug into the freezer. Mm. Make sure to wet it first. Wet it first. Otherwise, drain the water out. Yeah. Chuck it into the freezer. Let it sit for an hour, maybe a little bit more then crack yourself open a root beer and just enjoy yourself because this is truly bliss wow
0: we I'm just I'm, I'm trying so hard to figure out what this is <laughs> that's really good though because it, it like I thought you know they both had that taste but the the cane sugar root beer of the frost top it it pushed that right to the front of the flavor profile. Yeah, it's very pronounced. Yeah. Very pronounced. Wow. That's really good. Very good. Oh, they also have uh, vanilla cream and uh, vanilla caramel cream. So, just I just saw okay. it. I just, just want to let people know. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, there we go. There yeah. is there is a difference. I mean, yeah. these last two, it, I think it has a big difference of the sweeteners that they use. It's a different, it's a different set of ingredients.
1: Yeah, so I think our big takeaway from this episode is that the container itself might not truly dictate mm-hmm. what the ty- like the what's going to be best. If it's going to clear uh, clear glass bottle or a brown glass bottle. Right. If it's in plastic, if it's in a can. There might be some flavor differences, but I think the biggest difference is going to be the ingredients. If it's a cane sugar in a glass bottle, or mm-hmm. high fructose corn syrup in a plastic, or if it's just a a, a small small company and there's variability between da- batches because there's not as strict quality control as yeah. you might find at a much larger company. Yep. Yeah, but again, if you're enjoying your clearly a frosted mug is the way to go
0: it hundred percent hundred percent is um and you know before we go I just um, I wanted to touch on one last point that uh Eddie carmia had you know told us was that they've got these two kinds of bottles and up until two years ago they had the same recipe right um, and they sell their plastic bottles in ace hardware and true value because that's what they want that's what ace ace hardware and true value want to mm-hmm. sell in their stores. I mean, think about it if if you have ever dropped a glass bottle I had a traumatic experience this summer when I dropped a glass bottle of rip beer and it shattered and it <laughs> broke your heart. It broke my heart and <laughs> all I want to do is like get down on my hands and knees and try to slurp it up. But <laughs> obviously there's glass in the form. I'm not going to do that. So, imagine that happening in a hardware store, not good, you don't want that plastic yeah. bottles are not gonna break like that. they may explode a little bit, but there won't be glass
1: yeah so and and sense. on top of that, it's a uh, this is a product that has a significant amount of sugar in it mm-hmm. so that spills on the floor and it's it becomes a sticky mess. You've got ants yep. and well, that's how you get ants I know so i oof, I know. <laughs>
0: All right, so there we go. So, it's not we have we we didn't completely decide that the container doesn't have an effect.
1: Yeah, I would I would yeah I would take away that the container can have mm-hmm. an impact, but the biggest impact you're gonna see is the ingredients and in the small batches. In the small batches. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep. That's um, the big takeaway. It's just like if you like the root beer. Drink the root beer. So. That's
0: right. That's right. And that's what we promote here is to just drink root beer, please. Make sure it's good root beer, although we have drank many of our own bad
1: root beers. Yeah. The, um, the last batch we made was yeah. not so much of a root beer, more of a cinnamon soda. And yeah,
0: it was not good.
1: That was an adventure <laughs> into failure. But know, was. my my buddy Nate
0: said that he really liked it. But I think he had a couple beers before he tried it. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, if anyone is making sodas or any beverage with cinnamon, don't boil the cinnamon stick for too long. I don't, yeah, that's, uh, I I believe there's, uh, I should probably look into this, but I imagine that there's a few tannins mm-hmm. in cinnamon. Yeah. And the more you boil them, the more they, the more that, the more you boil the stick, the more tannin you extract from it. And tannin is that wonderful little acid that gives you that dry mouth feel when you drink dry red wine. Oh, yeah. And too much of it can really, really ruin the party. But that's exactly what our beer did our yeah.
0: cinnamon thing. The cinnamon sass. Cinnamon sass is what we're <laughs> calling it. Well, we made a brew tonight, uh, blonde beer, which I th- we didn't boil the cinnamon stick too long. And we also made a much smaller batch so that we don't have to bottle. Five gallons of rum, rib- <laughs> or or drink for that, that <laughs> or five gallons. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes, so we're. Uh, I, I'm excited. It tastes a lot better. Yeah, a I, lot I better.
1: would say that as well. This was a mostly extract uh, recipe. Mm-hmm. I got a. Uh, I bought some wintergreen extract mm-hmm. oil uh, yep. off Amazon.
0: Classic ripier flavoring,
1: and that's the base of it. Mm-hmm. About four ounces went into a one-gallon batch. So if anybody's looking at making their own root beer at home, uh, about four ounces to a gallon. So if you're making f- larger batches, you're going to need more extract. Mm-hmm. We boiled the cinnamon stick. Yep. For, uh we boiled the cinnamon stick until the water starts to turn brown. Yep. And then we reduced the heat, let it simmer for five minutes. Then we added. No, then we it took was, it out. Yeah, then we took out the cinnamon stick, added a cup of cane sugar. Yep added a all natural cane sugar all natural cane way. sugar we added a quarter cup of brown sugar mm-hmm. a unmeasured amount of honey <laughs> small batches people <laughs> small batches <laughs> and, uh, some vanilla extract and yep. some almond extract yeah and I think that was about it for when, when it went in yeah we held off on the molasses today um, we were going to use it
0: well we'll use that another time maybe closer to Christmas time once we make
1: a root beer from scratch that doesn't fail. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's our goal. <laughs>
1: uh, we're on a quest. So, All right, well, that's it for us today. My name's Matt Holton. My name's Dave Fernan. And this has been Root Beer Radio. Thank you. To set out
0: on a lifelong quest to brew some root beer discuss all the controversial topics that plague the rut beer community we're talking rut beer radio would you guys love rut beer